you're tuned into Decay Mag Podcast Online source for horror, thriller and sci-fi entertainment news 2017 year in retrospect Good evening, good morning, good afternoon You are listening to DK Mag Podcast Season 6, Episode 12 my name is Ken Artuz, your host. I am the founder for DK Mag, and you can find us on dkmag.com, D-E-C-A-Y-M-A-G.com. And joining me for this episode is... Stacy Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. We're on Stitcher. Be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher, rating and reviews, and help us rank. And in this episode, we'll, we will be featuring 2017 in review. This is not a best of. This is, this is more as a compilation because we have covered so many films and shorts and interviews. So this is a, a summary of those news reports that really stood out for us for the 2017 year and it was a difficult task right stacy i mean we had to sort through a lot of news yes yes a lot of film. right a lot of films <laughs> we, we covered a lot in 2017 but they were they were many highlights and that's what we'll be covering in this podcast uh, the highlights of 2017 or 2017 in retrospect, whatever, one of those titles. Anyway, you can find our podcast on Google Music, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, as Stacy has mentioned. We're also on TuneIn. We're on Anchor FM. We feature some clips on that platform as well, which is our exclusive interview segments titled DK Mag Sessions. Well, without further ado, here is DK Mag Podcast Season 6 Episode 12. And I'm going to kick it off with one of the exciting ex- assignments that have that we had the pleasure of covering and this was the Women in Horror Film Festival. This was their inauguratorial, their debut launch in 2017. And we had the pleasure of interviewing and reviewing many of the short films presented at this event. Season 6, episode 10 of our podcast featured interviews with Belle Delia and Helen Shang. Uh, they discussed their film Scratch, which, in my opinion, is one of the best films that does convey the powerless woman under a very dominant male protagonist. Uh, of course, it's open for different interpretations, but that's just one uh, perspective while watching this film. We also conducted in Season 6, Episode 6... We covered Buzzard Hollow Beef. That was a roundtable interview with Joshua Johnson and her, uh, director-writer Tara C. Hall. The 
coverage continues with Unbearing, in which we featured an interview with Jennifer Trudrung, and that was for the film Unbearing, uh, another fantastic film to watch. And we conclude our coverage with season six, episode two, with Philippe Terlecki, with the film Suffer the Little Children. Season six, episode one for our podcast, we had the opportunity to speak with writer and first-time director Tara Price for her film, very infectious film at that, titled Earworm. Yet, the highlight for me, in my personal opinion, was the review and interview for Alfred J. Hemlock. Season 4, Episode 5 of our podcast, we featured the director, Edward Lyons. In Season 4, Episode 10, I had the pleasure to speak. And this was a late morning, late evening, early morning interview because the cast and crew for Alpha J. Hamlock reside in Australia. So the time zone was weird uh i had the pleasure to speak with renee loriman she portrays the lead actress and tristan mckinnon who portrays the titular role alfred j hamlock uh, i had the pleasure to review this film and for 2017 i would have to say for the women in horror film festival and for 2017 alfred j hamlock was fantastic i think that short film took 2017 by storm and i'm gonna close out my presentation for the women in horror film festival with alfred j hamlock i i i think i lost count because the cast and crew um edward lyons uh his wife melissa penton lyons they co-wrote this short horror film and I've, they follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and every time they win an award, they send over a notice so that way, you know, we, they could share their updated news. I just lost count on how many awards that film has earned. Uh, Stacy, uh, we, everyone, you, uh, I, and also David, uh, Teixeira, also covered many of these films from women in horror and i have to give a big thanks to samantha kosnick who is also serves as content contributor for dk mag and she put she really put the word out for everyone for the women in horror film festival to jump on our inbox and have us review their film and interview them and for those who are unaware samantha kosnick is also co-founder for the women in horror film festival so stacy i know you remember this was a big assignment that we undertook uh, what stood out for you and for me it was alpha j hamlock you out of the top of your head what stood out for you for this event for women in horror uh. Let's see. Of course, 
There was the Murder Made Easy. You already know I really love that one. And I also have to say, Let's Play Dead Girl. Yeah. Let's Play Dead Girl uh, was another film that stood out for me. Um, based off or inspired by, um, as you know, I, I love films inspired by, um, what's his name? I can't even think of his Sl name. Slender uh, Man? Slender Man, yes, thank you. I was just getting ready to say that, that Boogie Man. No, Slender Man, so. Um, and that was a, that was actually a great production and their version of Slender Man was actually really good. Yes, yes, you you have a an excellent point let's play dead girl it was a i mean all of these films were fantastic and the whole point of women in horror is either they were the director the writer uh producer in some capacity of these films uh yeah let's play dead girl that was amazing i think I would prefer to see that one than what Sony's dishing out pretty soon in, in cinemas. Let's Play Dead Girl is probably one of my all-time uh, favorite films of the Women in Horror Film Festival. Um, and the whole makeup of Slender Man in that production was just phenomenal. Uh, it's probably the most intimidating version of Slender Man I've seen in regards to the whole, you know, all the all the sketches you've seen and any like you know films and everything like that you know he's probably the most intimidating and uh, as far as the film that's coming out about Slenderman that trailer really has me intrigued as far as the trailer goes um, let's hope that the actual film will um, do the trailer justice so. exactly and uh, but Stacy, you have you had the opportunity to watch Alpha J Hamlock? Yes, I did, and I enjoyed it. And you know, Alpha J Hamlock, that whole character is just—he—he's um, amusing. Right, right. Uh, when I first seen the movie, uh, the the way that the character reminds me of that pirate. Was his Jack Jack Sparrow from? Oh yeah, Jack yeah, he Sparrow. reminds me of Jack Sparrow, <laughs> right? <laughs> just that whole like whimsical character, and I don't know, his character is just all over the place. Right, and, and then, uh, and then I I said to myself, okay, I mean, you have originality, you have everything. Everything was great for that short film. I enjoyed it. But I did not, and well, correction, I did predict, I'm unsure to whom, uh, I believe it was Renee or for Edward, the director, I did predict that the film was going to win many awards and it went on to win many awards. I mean, they took the film festival circuit by storm in 2017. Oh, yeah, um, that film was, it was really good. Um, and then, uh, like, like I said, especially that character, I mean, that, um, that, I don't know, I just, I, I watched that film a few times, and that whole character, um, I really enjoyed that character. I feel like he 
made the film. The film itself, definitely one of the best. And if you could go on INDB for Alfred J. Hamlock, see, I, I'm, I, I am not lying. This film won 22 awards and earned 23 nominations on the film festival run 2017. Amazing. That's, that's outstanding. So for me, the Women in Horror Film Festival really stood out as one of our defining assignments from last year, uh, the highlight reel would have to go to Alfred J. Hamlock. Yes. Go. Um, so I had the pleasure, of course, to have countless interviews in 2017. And um, just a few that really stood out to me. Uh, Cassandra Skirbo, uh, she is the lead actress with Truth or Dare. And um, first, I want to say that Truth or Dare by Nick Simon uh, is such a great film. It's an original and intriguing concept. Um, so ju just the gist of you have eight college friends that head to a haunted rental for Halloween. Uh, they play the game Truth or Dare, but then the game takes over and they're forced to play the game and um so the interview with cassandra skirba who plays alex actually in truth of dare she discusses her character and role in the film and the film's overall concept and also for the first time as part of the debut the debut of the film i was able to host a watch and tweet along with dk mag and the cast of the production and I think this experience uh, was great. It's the first time I've done it and at all. You know, it's the first time with DK Mag and everything. So it was really good to engage with the cast and audience. Uh, Ken, how did you feel about that whole tweet and uh, watching tweet? Oh, that was, that was pretty cool. Watching everyone, as they were watching the film, they were just tweeting their opinions about it. And I kept, uh, I try to keep up the pace by tossing out some uh, some images, some printed images, some stills from the film, and uh, quotes along with it. That was amazing. I enjoy stuff uh, those live events like that with Twitter. It really shows you how technology has gone so far that you can engage with the cast in real time as you're watching the film. That's amazing. I mean, kids don't know how lucky they are these days i mean stuff like that we did not have that 10 years ago but yeah 10 you know, 12 years ago yeah the, the rumination uh oh this this production was very personal and intimate um pretty much follows um this guy he uh after after a breakup, he's he has all these, you know, memories and heart. He's heartbroken. And he has memories of his ex-girlfriend, um, and he becomes obsessed on like getting her back, pretty much, you know, seeing her again. So then he meets this guy named Bernard, and he gives him a pill, and this pill 
allows him to travel back in time and see her again, pretty much. Uh, um, this film, it asks the question, how far are you willing to go to get what you desire? And it incorporates science and time travel in an intriguing way. I've had uh, the pleasure of an interview with uh, director and writer Chad Eric Smith. Um, and that interview really parallels the viewing experience of the film. And likewise, it's one of the most personal and intimate interviews I've had so far. Uh, Ken, do you remember that interview with Chad Eric Smith? Yes, yes, I do remember the interview. And I have yet to watch the film. Uh, I am guilty as charged. I have yet to watch the film. Uh, like, just skimming through the film is not watching the film. Because when you skim through the film, uh, you know you don't get the gist of it. So, uh, I have to really enjoy the film in that capacity. But the interview was fantastic. I think that was one of the highlights. I. I agree with you that's one of the highlights I because when filmmakers create something original and you time travel is one of those concepts that is not original but if you make a mistake you can mess it up but if you can make it different yeah it, it could definitely serve its purpose I think he did a great job with that oh yeah and I just remember him delving like really deep into like the meaning of Romanization, like its backstory, its inspiration, and which came from his own personal experiences. And just like how he just got intimate in that interview, it was really very inspiring. Very inspiring. That was probably one of my best, I mean, one of my favorite, one of my favorite interview experiences. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. And to wrap up with the interviews, David Palomaro from Murder Made Easy. And Ken, you already know Murder Made Easy is one of my favorite films um, of uh, 2017. And we've already discussed it a little bit. But uh, Murder Made Easy reminded me a lot of Clue. And it, it even refers to as, you know, the horror version of Clue. And Clue is one of my favorite films of all time. So watching is that, you know, whodunit films in general are just very entertaining to me. I love them. I love mysteries. And um, while watching a whodunit film, films such as Murder Made Easy, I find myself actually putting myself in the film. Like I'm in there, I'm with them trying to figure out what's going on, trying to solve this, you know, mystery and everything. I'm very, I'm very like into it. And do you remember the music uh, for Murder Made Easy? Wasn't that music, I, what was it, like classical or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I knew you were going to ask me about the music question. I wrote it down, and now I can't open my page. I don't, where is it? Oh, God. See that? I can't open my page here. It's not somewhere, and I got to look for it. Oh yeah, it, it was like some swing, swing. It was like swing, swing yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, the, the music was just so fun. Like I thought myself dancing while watching the movie and everything when the music was playing. It was really fun. It was a very fun film. It had a little darkness in it, of course, you know. But um, 
and the way they like the way the film progresses is also very interesting you know and the characters like i'm i'm kind of like i'm also comparing it to clue and i'm comparing like all of these characters to you know colonel mustard and scarlet and all of them so i got really involved in this film and the interview with david palomero and the director of the film uh he discusses Murder Made Easy as well. And he also touches on genre-specific details. Remember that uh, that was the guy where um, we pretty much asked him more general questions as pertains to like horror and murder and mystery. You remember that? Right, right. You were asking some imp some uh, pressing questions like a horror film without kills? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, so it's very difficult to create I mean every horror film has like kills or something like that nature but you don't find that in Murder Made It Easy it's all mystery and it was done in such an elaborate way definitely and it, when it comes to horror it, it is it's really tough to uh, make a production that doesn't include some kind of violence. You know, I mean, violence is really what steers the horror genre. You know, you gotta have violence, you gotta have some, um, you know, killing and everything. Otherwise, you're looking at a PG-13, like, film that's not really horror per se. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, feels like goosebumps. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, when it comes to horror, it's gotta be it's pretty much it's gotta be like R-rated for it to truly be horror. It, yeah, we always say that it has to be R-rated, but yeah. in, in this case, it wasn't R-rated. Well, yeah, it was unrated. Cause, uh, yeah, when I don't think it wasn't rated. Yeah, because when it's film festivals, I don't think they have a specific rating. That only applies if they're in the movies, in cinemas. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, because I, I think you said independent films are usually not rated. Right, right. But mostly, but most of the independent films are like have content that would, you know, have that would be R rated. Some of them, you know, like even X rated, for right. that matter. But yeah, so uh, those were my top favorite interviews, two thousand seventeen. Great, awesome, and of course we had. Uh, just to clarify, we had many, many interviews. We are already in our sixth season, which is spilling over into 2018. Uh, season six, we have from season two all the way to season six. So we have we have interviewed so many influencers in the horror, science fiction, thriller scene both mainstream and independent fields definitely check out our podcasts and that is one reason why in 2018 uh, I decided to separate our podcast so we have podcast sessions which is just exclusive interviews and our regular weekly podcasts because there's so much content we just got to get it out there so much so much to cover Another interesting and a project that really kept us busy were the films for 
the Nightmares Film Festival, which also occurred in 2017, and we had the pleasure to review as most most of the films that were screened at that event and it really kept us busy that was another great assignment that appeared in our inbox and once again myself Stacy Cox and David Teixeira we all took the opportunity to review these films and I believe in comparison to the Women in Horror Film Festival I think this assignment really stretched out more than it should because there were so many great films and the filmmakers would send us messages in our inbox and we just as soon as they came in we were reviewing and once we thought it was done right Stacy more came in that was that that was fantastic (laughs) that was fantastic (laughs) well in 2018 we will be in attendance for both nightmares film festival and also for the women in horror film festival it's it's an event not to be these are events that you you have to be present so you meet the filmmakers and enjoy the the vibe that the energy that's so positive well anyway i'm straying away from the topic the nightmares film festival as i had mentioned was also a highlight and here are some films that i covered they are all great but these are the shining films that i had covered and beginning with monster monster is directed by raul nath and is written by shiti slave and raul nath it premiered at the well actually it screened at the Nightmares Film Festival. It has a running time of 11 minutes and 5 seconds. But here's the synopsis. A man and his daughter bond over something sinister. And the only witness to their crime is an out-of-luck beggar. The the way this film is shot and how it progresses. It's slow. It was shot very nice. One setting two uh, three performers three actors the the thing that sticks out from this film is that this is a bollywood type film the actors are of indian uh descent their accents are thick but luckily there is uh subtitles it's not necessary but they speak english but i I assume the filmmaker put the subtitles there in case anyone couldn't understand their accents. And Bollywood has evolved so much in terms of horror films that I think in a few years, that industry, that market, they're going to come up with some films that is going to capture the attention from Hollywood. If they haven't yet, they were close. But films such as Monster are on their way to redefine the genre, such as what Japanese did with their films and French with French extremism. It's India's turn. Bollywood is going to turn out something very nice. And 
Monster does stick out for me in, in that regard. That was an excellent film. Another great film from the Nightmares Film Festival is The Dollmaker. That's directed by Alan Luger. That film is, also, is written by Matthias Caruso. It's screened at Nightmares Film Festival, Knoxville Horror Fest, Music Box Theater. And the synopsis reads as follows. For this 10-minute film, it is about a grieving mother who latches onto a magical surrogate for her lost child, but small miracles come with big consequences. The reason why this film sticks out for me is how the filmmaker delves on death and coping mechanisms as the social commentary. These are powerful statements to make and filmmakers use horror cinema as a platform to convey social commentary and death even though it's in horror already you see the creatures or you see death itself like final destination type thing but to really convey the emotions of death if some a loved one passes away how you feel that is what is conveyed in this film very intriguing it really sticks out for me it's more is more as a psychological film than a straight-up horror because you don't see no gore you don't see special effects in that regard but you do see the actors interact in a way that after the film ends you you left wondering wow that's that's impactful Another film I recently covered is The Childish Thing, which also screened at Nightmares Film Festival. The film is written and directed by Jeremy Herbert, and the synopsis reads as follows. As Jack leaves the only house he's ever known, he finds out that sometimes they don't want to be put away. This film when you talk about innovation definitely check out the childish thing uh wow the creature concept alone and the concept behind this film are really what set this project apart from this slate of films that we had covered for nightmare film fest and i have to i have to point out all the films that we covered from this event were amazing so these are just some of my personal highlights and of course stacy and david Teixeira have their personal i mean if we put all our personal highlights i think we're just gonna put the whole slate of these events right stacy uh yes and to finalize my coverage for the nightmares film fest is the film i'm dreaming of a white doomsday uh, now way back i remember that we had conducted an interview with the director for 
I'm dreaming of a white doomsday. And at that time, he was assisting a group of Girl Scouts for them to create their first horror film. And it's currently on YouTube. Amazing uh, that they decided to create a horror film. That's amazing. Well, it's from director Mike Lombardo. And he also wrote the script to this film. The synopsis reads as follows. A mother and her eight-year-old son struggle to survive in a bomb shelter after an unnamed apocalypse. So, once again, this is a post-apocalyptic scenario. The cast is limited. The thing that really stands out is how the mother just breaks down. In other films, the parent, they want to do everything possible to take care of their child or children. The This is presented in reverse. She has a nervous breakdown and she just wants out, a way out of life. And that is a very sad message because it conveys what happens in real life. Let's say a mother's a drug addict or she's a prostitute and her she's living life the wrong way and she has kids and she doesn't know how to escape life so she winds up killing the kids and taking her own life as well these are powerful social commentary messages and as i had mentioned mike lombardo he uh had helped girl scout troop 40 to 10 to create their first horror film uh, that's amazing work and that is my coverage for nightmares film fest anything you would like to add stacy because i i pretty much rambled along with this coverage here anything that stood out from this assignment for you um of course you know lunch ladies uh, Lunch Ladies was one film that stood out for me. Uh, pretty much the synopsis is two burnt out high school lunch ladies do whatever it takes on their quest to become Johnny Depp's personal chefs. And um, this film was just, it, it was very uh, fun. And uh, we've seen some really like dark natured films um, in 2017. And this, even though it's it's dark natured as well, but it has a comedy twist to like balance that out. And um, I thought this was uh, one of one of my favorites for Nightmares Film Fest. And then also, I think da Daughters of Virtue. Do you remember Daughters of Virtue? Right. Yes. Yes. That was a good uh, one. Yeah, that that was a good film, and actually, that one was uh, more of a heavier punch. Right. You're absolutely right. Those are my two favorites from Nightmares. And for lunch, ladies, I definitely have to agree. I was not expecting that movie to blend comedy with horror so well. I, I haven't seen uh, that combination work out so well in a, lo in, in a long time, actually.
So for my short films, um, uh, this was such a hard task because uh, there are a lot of films that I loved in 2017, but I had to limit it. So Girly Massacre, a group of young girls having a sleepover invites a fellow peer that they are not fond of, and they proceed to play a prank on her. This prank plays out for the worst and the tables are turned. Uh, this production was written and directed and produced by Girl Scout Troop 40210. The creative imaginations of these young girls are what stood out for me in a genre full of directors and filmmakers who continuously present refurbished ideas to the screen. This group proves that creativity and innovation are not bad. Another film, Solved. A lonely man dreams of one day becoming a Rubik's Cube master, but his obsession soon turns deadly. Solved uses stop motion for his preferred choice of cinematography and special effects, and this is the first thing that stood out for me. Second, the plot buildup in such a short time was spot on. It's simple while being heavy and in-depth. The minimal dialogue was also great. The viewer had to rely on the cast's role play to tell the story, and they did very well in their performances. Prisma, a corporate promotional VHS tape from the 1984 conceals a brain-altering signal, which is said to grant increased health, longevity, and psychic powers to those who watch it. View at your own risk. The cinematography and special effects is what really stood out to me in this production, which is equivalent to a virtual reality experience. Uh, the experience starts off calm, then it becomes like a confusing nightmare, then it transfers to a peaceful but scary dream. Uh, and that wraps up my short films for 2017. And I'm going to piggyback off of your short films with full feature films and one in particular for me was Chimera and not only did I have do I have, not only is DK Mag one of the few few horror news outlets that have had the opportunity to watch this film this film has not been released yet not on the indie circuit not on mainstream not on vod the film hasn't released yet and dk mag proud to say uh we were the first and few that have uh, uh, reviewed this film and not only that i had the pleasure to interview maurice haims who directed this film this was his first film that he directs and he provides a very compelling origin story. He always had a dream that he wanted to be a film director. He already has a career in, in place. And so he decided later in the later stage of his life that he just wants to venture into filmmaking because it was his long uh, passionate dream. He creates Chimera, which is a film that encapsulates everything that is wrong in the medical research field. Without giving the plot away, it delves on the use of stem cells 
is and for those who are aware there was a big incident with Planned Parenthood that they got caught on video that they were selling baby parts for various reasons if the price was right so watching the film that definitely came into my mind how that real incident is is being portrayed in this film so as i mentioned maurice haims he's the director he's also served as the writer for the upcoming science fiction thriller chimera uh, we interviewed him on dk mag podcast and as i had mentioned he's just he was passionate and i i appreciate that type of story when a filmmaker states that their that their dream was to be a producer or a writer and they succeed at it that's that's that just makes you want to watch the movie because you find that passion another film for me that i that i've personally been looking forward to for over a year was dogged and that is a psychological horror mystery film that we had the pleasure of reviewing here on dk mag and we have provided so much coverage for Doggett, uh, from the initial crowdfunding to the trailer releases. Uh, we provided our first impressions, and finally, the film is released on independent uh, video on demand. And it was great. I, I was looking forward to it, and it centers on a mystery. A town is harboring a mystery. And that mystery involves the death of a young girl. And when a young man returns to the town, he discovered that there's something not quite right happening in this town. Now, that's a film not to be missed. Definitely check it out. Mask Mutilator. Uh, now, Mask Mutilator has a story. A story 25 years in the making. This film was first shot years ago but it never got released it never got distribution never got published why because financial strain at that time caused that the film couldn't be completed edited and distributed so it sat in somebody's basement for all these years and after a crowdfunding campaign was put in place mask mutilator finally sees the light of day this film stands out for me because it shows me that not only does this filmmaker have a dream but he also doesn't give up so despite the problems that were in the way financial problems or whatever he finally got the film released and is now on video demand believe dvd as well these are the stories behind the film that you know you just watch the film you sit down you grab your popcorn or whatever you watch the film that's it 90 minutes done you on to the next but it's stories like this that makes you appreciate the film even more filmmaking is a tough field and you have to give credit to these filmmakers for what they're doing inoperable from filmmaker Christopher Lawrence Chapman uh, we interviewed Christopher Lawrence Chapman twice 
first was in season two episode one that's going way back and we were discussing at the time inoperable when it was going to get released uh the the plot behind it so on and so forth it finally released this year since our interview which was in 2016 and as safe to say that it is worth the watch and if you're familiar with those time not time traveling but it's more on the line of time manipulation type films that the protagonist has to repeat a segment over and over again until he or she gets to solve the puzzle or find the killer that's how inoperable is but for inoperable that was the first time i really felt that sense of dread and i wanted the protagonist to succeed at what she was doing it's very rare that i get that feeling and it reminds me of silent hill the type of vibe and the special effects the practical effects i mean were amazing for for an indie film everything was well put together so that summarizes my films uh for 2017 that really stood out for me of course like i mentioned this is not the best of these are just some of the slate of films that really stand out for us for the featured films for 2017 um get out a young black man visits his white girlfriend's family estate where he learns that many of its residents who are black have gone missing. And he soon learns the horrible truth when a fellow black man on the estate warns him to get out. He soon learns it's easier said than done. Uh, uh, this list would not be complete without one of the biggest films of the year. And I think I can speak for a lot of people uh, with that. Uh, Get Out captured a lot of audiences and critics. Uh, one thing that sets this production apart is the innovation. And every component of this film is innovative. And this is a direct, this was a great directorial debut from actor Jordan Peele, and I await more from him hopefully in the near future. Gremlin. Adam receives a mysterious box from a relative containing a creature that will kill everyone he cares about. The only way to be rid of the curse is to give the box to someone he loves. As the, um, as the ominous timer on the box counts down to its end, he can only imagine the horrors that await. Does he give the box away to save his family or unleash a monster upon humanity? He can't destroy it, he can't escape it, he can only give it to someone he loves. Uh, Gremlin has a, brown a groundbreaking concept. The production is fresh and it sits apart from the many remakes and refurbished ideas in cinema. And the makeup of the Gremlin till this day amazes me. Pitchfork, on the night before Halloween, a single mom and her daughter are taken captive in a strange home. I describe Pitchfork as the next horse, as the next slasher horror icon that will sit next to the classics of the 80s and 90s such as Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Candyman, Ghostface. The production is like a throwback to the 80s genre. The show and innovator, the makeup of the villain Pitchfork is also original. Instead of directly copying aforementioned pro productions, 
director and writers Glenn Douglas Packard and Daryl F. Gariglio uses them as stepping stones and builds and shapes it into its own path from there. The Playground. The fi final day of school in a small Polish town is the very last chance for a 12-year-old Gabrizia to tell her classmate that she had fallen in love with him. She sets up a secret meeting and blackmails the boy to show up. But what was my talk spins out of control and leads to an unexpected ending. The playground first seems like an innocent production, but it is far from that. What stands out for me here is the story, which is psychologically terrifying. The cast performances deserve a standing ovation. The actions that are seen in the film are horrific. I had to keep my I had to keep telling myself that it's only a movie and not let my emotions be the judge. This wraps up uh, my top featured films for 2017. Uh, you had a slate of some very great films there. Um, Pitchfork, I remember that film. And I remember we had a, well, it wasn't a debate. It was a different point of view. Uh, you had mentioned that the character Pitchfork was redefining. And uh, that is one of the most important things in horror cinema is to have a redefining look. If your killer has the look, it's like a fashion show. Yeah, he has to have a look. He has to have something that really inspires and yeah so pitchfork definitely has that you convinced me at first i was kind of eh, i i wasn't too sure about it and yeah but giving it a watch multiple times you know it, it grows on you the the outfit uh he's more like a the calvin klein of the serial killers because he's shirtless he has just a pair of pants uh, all the other killers they have you got a sweater and you got overalls and he looks more hip to the times. Oh yes, I uh Pitchfork, I love that whole character. Um it, it's like you think of like Freddy Krueger and like Candyman and I've mentioned this even in the film review, but only, you know, the killer has a pitchfork for a hand. You know, so yeah, Freddy has the glove, Candyman has the um, the cane, and then, you know, Pitchfork has a Pitchfork. I'm like, okay, well, that's very different. So, yeah, um, I, I hope to see more from that. I hope that they make it like a franchise, you know? Right, right. The, that was the intent of the film was to have a franchise of some sort or or at least part two so far we haven't heard word about anything so perhaps in later on this year or early 2019 we hear some more about pitchfork part two or or trilogy i'm looking forward to it it's it's a slasher film and out of the 2017 calendar year i think that one really stood out as a slasher there weren't that many hey, there were few yeah, there were a few, but that one sticks out. And to close out our segment 
for this podcast, which is just reflecting on 2017 in review and retrospect. The highlights for DK Mag, and these are the events that DK Mag has participated in for the calendar year, and some of them were live offline. Some of them were online only, but nevertheless, each of these events uh, really uh, means a lot to us to have had the opportunity to partake in. That that really sends the message that we are growing, and we have grown exponentially as a horror news source. This is in no particular order. But these are our highlight events. We, DK Mag, participated in the 10 Seconds Hard Challenge, and we selected 10 winners for the scariest monster. That that was that was a diff. I did not know how difficult that uh, to judge films submitted by aspiring filmmakers it that that was a challenge and to narrow it down to 10 selections wow Uh, david Teixeira and i we took we undertook this assignment of providing of judging and selecting and agreeing back and forth on these 10 selections for the 15 seconds of horror this is a yearly event in which there are different categories from monsters to what have you this is so, it's m- many and for more information just go on the facebook page 10 seconds of heart 10 seconds film challenge and you'll see the selections of all these 10 films uh, they have celebrity guests as judge panels uh, it's a very intriguing and as I said, it was difficult. So many good stuff. I mean, so many aspiring talent out there that are waiting to be discovered. Or, I don't know. It's just it's mind-boggling how we have so many filmmakers and not enough content. Uh, just boggles the mind why Hollywood is just dishing out repeat shit. And here we have it so many filmmakers wanting to create stuff anyway moving along dk mag was present for the united inc 2017 tattoo expo including in that event we had the opportunity to interview the the uh, founder for pl studios tattoo studios they're located in puerto rico and this was a true honor because as uh, fellow Boricuas, fellow Puerto Ricans, you have to shed a spotlight at, as on Latinos, especially in an industry which was at one point dominated by Caucasian uh, uh, demographic. So to have Latinos really rise the ranks and showcase that they too possess the art of tattooing and artistry. And I would never forget this event because uh, the 
the, the founder for PL Studios, he personally gave me a work of art on my arm that symbolizes DK Mag and my passion for the final girl. So I would always remember this, would always wear this work of art. And this is one of those events that stood out for me on a personal level for 2017. We have QuakeCon 2017, where it was held in Texas. That was the first time DK Mag ventures out of state on a plane to cover an event. And I had the pleasure to interview Jens Mathis. He is the game designer for uh, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Also, the highlight game at this event was the Evil Within 2. And the roundtable interview was with game creator Shinji Mikami, studio director John Johannes, uh, game director, I mean, excuse me, and the writer Trent Haga. And for those in the horror scene who do not know who Trent Haga is, shame on you. He is a very influential uh, person, writer, actor in the field of horror. Of course, we have the Blood Manor New York City coverage, which is a yearly event that we partake in. Uh, following that, we had the opportunity to review and be present for the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra, which was held here in New York City. Also, the Art of VR. You could catch that on Season 4, Episode 12 of our podcast. Also, we had the pleasure to interview Gore Verbinski, Jason Ac- Isaacs, actor Jason Isaacs, actress Mila Goth, Season 3, Episode 6. Uh, their film, we had the pleasure of uh, covering their film as well. And of course, I close it out with my interview with Charlie Klauser in DK Mag Podcast Season 6, Episode 9. Charlie Klauser, he's a music composer and former member of Nine Inch Nails. So during this interview, it's the first time I get to speak with a film composer on the music genres that is industrial music, EBM, agrotech, and also his work on providing these music genres to film. Specifically, he provided the music to all all of, of the Saw films including jigsaw so that was amazing and personally nine inch nails was the first industrial band concert that i went to here in madison square garden years ago when nine inch nails were in their prime they no longer exist i don't think so i think the band member trent reznor is just keeping the name alive but that's how we are closing out 2017 for our coverage for this podcast. Stacy, you have anything else to add? What really stood out for you or something you wish to add uh, your, your personally what you enjoyed from last year? Um, 
pretty much uh, all of the films. Uh, I love films, so it was uh, it was a pleasure to you know be a part of you know the uh, film festivals and screen them and everything. And um, also, I remember going to Comic Con last year. Um, it, that was a good experience as well. Um, I've already mentioned it not being as good as uh, the one in Chicago, but. I was able to get a few interviews in there at the Comic-Con that came here to Cleveland, Ohio. So that was a fun experience. Yeah, we, we've had that discussion before and Ohio is not getting as many events as they should, especially for Halloween. You got to write to your government official or something. Have a Halloween parade over there or something like that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us in this DK Mag podcast, season six, episode 12, our 2017 in retrospect and review and overview. What we have covered in this podcast does not sum or put it as a best of for all of our coverage. These are just the highlights of what stood out for us personally from our coverage and please do visit our website decaymag.com where we will daily on a daily basis weekly basis monthly we're providing coverage for everything horror video games movies indie films television whatever is horror thriller sci-fi we will cover it and if you have a film, please do contact us soon. We could uh, cover your film as well. My name is Ken Artuz, founder for DK Mag. And my co-host this evening was... Stacy Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. We're on Stitcher. Be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher, rating and reviews, and help us rank. And also, we are on Google Play, we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, we are on Stitcher, we are on TuneIn. Across social networking platforms, it is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I always forget one. Did I get the doll this time? I see Anita's not here to correct me or to add to what I have just said. So I think I caught them all covered. Just look for DK Mag. And remember, we're not DK or the word DK or the letters DK. We are DK Mag. And thank you once again. Be sure to share, listen, download, tell your friends, girlfriend, mistress, uh, boy toy about our podcast and our website.